Welcome to the Animation Industry Podcast. My name is Terry, and if you're attending the online Cardiff Animation Festival this Thursday and Friday, I'm hosting the Animator Q&A, so you can hear my wonderful voice there as well. This chat is with Chelsea Lee, a stop-motion animator and filmmaker based in Toronto and New York. Over the years, Chelsea has worked with brands like Bank of America, Hennessy, and Pinterest, and I got the privilege of working with her on Ultra City Smiths last year. Now, what's even more interesting about Chelsea is that her work in stop-motion and film actually came from her original career as a professional dancer, and she's going to share exactly how that happened in our chat. Now, something really cool she's working on currently is a super cute stop-motion miniseries following the antics of 11-inch tall Benny as he skateboards, builds, cooks, and explores new things, and the series is called Benny's Mini World. Now, before we dive in, this episode is sponsored by Hue, makers of colorful, affordable USB cameras and animation software for creative teaching, work, and play. Available from HueHD.com and Amazon, the new Hue HD Pro camera features 1080p image and video resolution, a built-in microphone, and LED lights. Hue's funky, flexible plug-and-play cameras are easy to use, and they are compatible with any apps that recognize USB cameras, including Discord, DragonFrame, OBS, Twitch, Google Meet, Zoom, and many more. Visit HueHD.com for more information, and follow at Hue Cameras on Instagram or Twitter for news, freebies, and giveaways. Now, without further ado, let's dive in. Hi, Chelsea. I'm so happy to chat with you. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm good. Good morning. Good morning. Friday. So let's. So you have a really interesting career because, like, uh, you were a professional dancer and photographer, yeah. and now a stop motion person. And like, tell me, tell me what that's all about. Like, what do you like? If I were to, if 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 you're like meeting somebody new for the first time, and they're like, "Hi, I'm what a computer engineer." I you're do- like, "Hi, I'm." I usually go with um, animator, okay. uh, like animator, and I work in advertising mostly, but also in like TV and uh, films, short films mostly. Okay, so <clears throat> maybe take me back, like where where did this path journey begin for you? Like, you know, Ugh. somebody who's like very talented in many areas, how did you end up in advertising, TV and film and animation? Well, okay, so do you remember Vine? Yes, of course. May it rest in peace. You got TikTok uh, so, now, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's been uh, replaced. Uh, so Vine came out and I was in New York and I was dancing and uh, I don't know, I just started like playing around with it. And um, my sister's girlfriend at the time was a fashion photographer. And so she was doing like these little stop motion videos. And like, I didn't even really know what stop motion was. I knew I loved it because every time I saw something that was stop motion, I was like, I love it so much, but I never really like knew what it was. Um, And then, so yeah, I know Vine was like huge for comedy, but there was definitely like a big stop motion sector in it. And so uh, I just kind of started playing with it and I was working at eBay now which was this uh, small, it's kind of like Postmates. Do we have Postmates here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's, it's exactly like Postmates. They came out around the same time. Even now did not make it and Postmates lived on. Anyway, uh, I was working there and I started doing their social accounts. So I was like making little videos for them with like products that you could buy through the site and stuff. And uh, I was doing like a video a day and everything is also like everything's done on a phone and whatnot. And um, so Megan, my sister's girlfriend at the time, she was starting to get really big on the app and she had like brands coming to her just being like, hey, can you make us a video with like our stuff, whatever. And so um, she and I were also collaborating on some like dance stuff. We had like a vine in the TIFF six second short film festival thing oh my goodness yeah it was uh back when six seconds was like a big deal yeah (laughs) um and so yeah she and I were working together on that and then when she got like more and more work she was just kind of like hey can you uh do some of this stuff for me as well because she had too much work she couldn't do it by herself 
So uh, I started helping her with that and freelancing. And then it got to a point where it was just growing and growing and growing. And I was like, listen, I'm working full time at eBay and I'm working basically full time for you. And I can't do both. And I was still trying to dance and like was working with a company, but they were kind of like, hello, do you remember us? Um, And so I was like, yeah, you know, like if you wanted to hire me, that would be definitely something that I would be interested in, but uh, I can't really like continue on this path. It's just burning me out so quickly. And so uh, I left eBay and I was her first employee and uh, yeah. So, okay. So this sounds very organic. So you obviously put, I mean, there's a whole backstory to the dancing. You obviously like trained for years and like built up some professionalism there and we're getting gigs and, and dancing. And then you were working for this company. Vine comes out. You're just playing around. You're like this connection you have. Brands are coming to her. And then you reached a point where you're like, I put all this energy into this dancing and I have this full-time career but like my friend's doing this kind of cool thing that if she wants, if I'll quit all of my other jobs and hop in on this, like. Yeah, I mean, uh, dance was, I mean, I went to school for dance. That's so like what I have my BFA in and yeah. it's always going to be something kind of in my life, but it is a grind so much. Like it's a passion thing that you really, really have to love it. And I was getting a little older for a dancer, you know, like mid twenties. Um, <laughs> so old. Crazy. Um, I know. <laughs> but I, 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 it I makes like, sense. I was like 27. You're like, I'm um, 27. I'm so old. Oh my goodness. So yeah, yeah. That's yeah, crazy um, when an industry is like, you know, you're, you're getting like, you're getting to be a senior citizen in our yeah, exactly. industry. Like you got to find something 25. else. Man. Exactly. So you, so sorry, I'm just like on this thread, you train for years, you have a BFA, which is like, I don't know, four, four years or whatever. Four years. Yeah. I went to Ryerson. So you're like 19, you go to school for four years, you graduate when you're like 22, 23, I don't know when, and then you have like three years of your career and you're done. Yes and no. Uh, I mean, like people, dancers can go on forever. It, I could have, continued I know people my age that are still dancing it's not like a hard cut at a certain age or anything I just I had a lot of injuries that were never dance related I'm just super clumsy and um, got a bunch of accidents (laughs) you're like doing Um, the dishes and trip over like something and you're like well there goes my dance career (laughs) yeah exactly um so it was just kind of like a natural progression that, uh, you know, dance gigs aren't always super well paying either. So yeah. it was kind of like, a, do I want to continue this hustle and bustle like so hard where you have to have um, another job as well to kind of wow. support yourself? Or do I want to, you know, look at this other thing that I really like too, and it's paying me consistently and well, so... I don't know. It was just kind of like a, a normal thing. And then uh, on my last show, uh, I was dancing with this company called People Movers. And I just kind of like, I think it was, we were out for drinks like a few weeks before the show. And I'm like, so listen, this is my last show at the company. And I'm pretty sure she was like, yeah, cool. We figured that like, you're kind of like half here at this point. Uh, just because I was so busy with everything. Um, so yeah, it just kind of like naturally stopped. I was 27 on my last show and, uh, there was an overlap, you know, for like a couple years, I think of dancing and animating. And then, um, then I just kind of gave it a go with animation and it just happened. It wasn't like a, I'm going to go seek this out. It just kind of came to me, which was nice, you know? So I have so many questions because like a lot of people (laughs) come into animation because, you know, I asked their origin story and they're like, oh, my goodness, like growing up, I watched Spider-Man and Marvel and all these cartoons on TV. And I was like, it's magic. And I then I realized this is a real career. And then I like did everything I could to get into it. And you had something the opposite. You like aspired to be a dancer. You went to school for this and then realized that maybe it's not for you and had this other opportunity in animation. And then like, how did it feel when you made that? internal decision to like be like all right I'm gonna give up on this other job and dancing and go with this thing that just is kind of weird and fun and 
like, didn't it seem like a big risk? Like, it's just like you're, you're the first employee, you're relying on your I, friend. Yes. Yeah. It like, it wasn't, it wasn't because I mean, at the time, you know, you're like in your mid twenties and it's just kind of like, it's also New York. So, you know, you're just like doing whatever you can to succeed uh. in whatever path. I think that's the beautiful thing about New York too, is like a lot of people go there for certain things and then end up taking a different career path. It's hmm. like, you know, the place you go to find yourself or whatever, whatever they say. Um, but I think it was a bittersweet internal realization of like, yeah. I think my, my dance career is kind of done. And you know, it, it didn't finish. I still, that was actually the best part about it. So uh, I didn't really know anything about cameras or anything. My dad was a photographer. He was uh, the head of photography. Your dad is America. like, come on. Like I was a photographer and you don't know anything about cameras. You don't know anything about this. You didn't learn a single thing. I mean, I knew, I knew how to model because he'd always have me on his shoots. So I'd be like, okay, we need a dancer. Here you go. Um, but yeah, so when we started doing all the Vine stuff and, you know, phones just weren't really cutting it anymore and everyone's kind of stepping up their game. So it was like, okay, we're going to move into DSLRs and I'd kind of call my dad and be like, yo, what is an F-stop? <laughs> <laughs> what is the shutter? Explain these things to me. Um, and so he taught me a little bit, but I, I learned a lot just like on sets and working with other people. Cause we hired, uh, what became visual country. We ended up hiring like a lot of photographers and people like that. And nice. I learned so much from them, which was so great. I remember I was, uh, like after university, my friend and I, uh, he had, we had like access to a studio, like a professional, like, um, photography studio. And we would get like models in just to like play around with our cameras and like take some portfolio pieces. And I remember like after one of the shoots, he came to me and he's like, Terry, you can't ask me like what an F-stop is in the middle of a shoot because it's very <laughs> embarrassing. And it like, like it, like the models, like, do they know what's going on? And I was like, I'm oblivious. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Actually, it's really funny because so one of the first campaigns I did with a DSLR was for Coca-Cola yeah. and um, I remember like I called my dad the night before and I was like listen I gotta do this thing I'm not with anyone else so I'm by myself and the models we're on location shooting outside like we were on the Brooklyn Bridge we went into like parts of Brooklyn and Manhattan and I'm like, you have to teach me like what to do. And he's like, okay, well don't shoot on automatic, shoot on manual and blah, blah, blah. One thing, my dad's also not like a stop motion person. So he's like photography, not necessarily like, you know, a sequence of events that you're gonna string together photographer. Um, so I put my white balance on auto. Oh no. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like, I remember we were looking at the photos after and I'm like, what is going on? Like, what the fuck did you do? And I'm like, I don't know. Um, and then actually another one, which was really fun. Um, this was unfortunate to have happened so early in my career, but I got to photograph and animate Shakira. <laughs> Wait, sorry, what? <laughs> You're like, we were just playing around with vines and then Shakira was in our, <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and then Shakira came in. Yeah, so that was a really cool thing like really early on when Megan was getting like a lot of stuff and people really wanted like Megan Megan not necessarily like um her company uh they had asked her to fly out to LA because they wanted her to shoot some like short like animation and videos with Shakira for this commercial she was doing like a big big production commercial wow. for T-Mobile and so she had uh an ear infection or something like that so she couldn't fly and so she was like you're, you're going to shoot your and I was like what this is so cool um but yeah it was like I had just started working with cameras and I remember you know we we're shooting outside in this like massive soccer stadium and we had like written down all of the um the settings for the camera were like okay we're at f14 and this is our shutter i'm like hey like can't change this because this is what it is and it's like anyone who's ever shot outside you know that you're never gonna like also we were scheduled to shoot start shooting at like i think one and she got there maybe like four hours later or something like that you know just like 
chaos was happening. So everything always gets delayed. So by the time she got there, it was like, okay, these settings don't really work anymore. And I just had to kind of figure it out and it worked out. It was fine. But you know, that was definitely something I was like, ah, that was just, if that was like a few years later in my career, I just would have had so much more confidence with, with all of that technical stuff. It wasn't so like, I was fine directing her and whatnot, but um, actually the best thing about her was she her makeup and hair person like kept coming in after every frame and was like fixing her hair and she's like no she said don't touch me and I was like yes you get it nothing can change (laughs) oh my god I don't even know what to say I'm like that's amazing so you're like super early in your career like I don't even know what settings on a camera are and they're like in a soccer stadium like photographing photographer doing some (laughs) pixelation with Shakira and just being Mm -hmm. like hi it's me (laughs) hi yeah all of these whatever million dollars that it took to get this happening is relying on like my settings that I have in my brain right yeah I mean we were like a tiny portion of like the grander scheme of what she was shooting so it wasn't like that bad but it was wow. definitely really, really fun. And she was very sweet and tiny. She was very tiny. She was wearing like five inch heels and she was still shorter than me. So, Oh, wow. <laughs> hopefully she's not listening to this uh, or hopefully she uh, is. Hopefully she is. I mean, yeah. she was very, very sweet. So. Uh, so how do you, okay. So like you deal with so much client facing stuff, which I think is so cool because a lot of stop motion is like, Clients like go away, we'll like craft everything, we'll send you progress shots, but you're like in the brand, in the moment, you're like working with live people, you're like the client is there. Like, how do you yeah. build that? <clears throat> and they're like, they're also relying on you. So you have to have like a certain level of like confidence that you're giving them that you're like, this is gonna work out. Like, where does right. how do you develop that? It sounds like you just kind of develop it on the spot. <laughs> Some of it's on the spot. Some of it's through just like your, like, you know, after years of it, you kind of get it. I think the the biggest thing for me with having a dance background and pixelating is that um, I knew and I know bodies so well. So like, for instance, you know, people, people have a tendency to move. They don't really stand in one spot. Whereas like a puppet is so great because it never moves until you move it. Um, But getting someone back into the same spot can be so tedious. And it's like, okay, move like the tiniest bit of your shoulder forward and um, shift your body weight back into the right and here and there and da, 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 da. Um, So that's kind of something that I guess I would say I specialize in. And that was kind of like a natural thing for me just because of my dance background, but it definitely improved significantly yeah. over the years of oh, like, getting those little nuances i remember trying to like direct models and be like no you're left my left you're you're right my le-, like just having no uh diet like words to describe what i wanted but that makes i was gonna ask like how does your dance background help your stop motion career now but i guess that's a really good answer yeah because it's just like move yeah it's that and also just like movement of uh products or puppets or whatever you're doing um it definitely comes in handy when you have to figure out how something would move or how a body would move organically type thing but um you know what's a really good trick for that when you're trying to figure out your lefts and your rights because they're opposite of you so I always tap my toe I push my big toe into the ground that's opposite of them and then I know it's their left (laughs) that may not work for you but it works for me okay. I don't know. it's like a subtle hint that they don't notice and you're like now I get it yeah yeah exactly okay, cool cool okay so okay um I have so many questions I don't even know where to start so back in the vine day yeah Megan is like come work for me and then that's it like all these years later this is all yeah. you do now so yeah, like tell totally. me tell me how like so she was already getting work naturally just from her own portfolio. Is that how a lot of the client stuff came to you or, or like? Yeah, that's how I would say a lot of it happened. Um, they like a, in the beginning, it was all just social media and, you know, Vine was exploding and it was like, okay, this whole new thing of social media. I mean, like social media is too also like somewhat new. That was 2013. So not like brand new, but, you know, video was hadn't hit Instagram yet and so um so archaic now 
but yeah, they, a lot of them just came to us naturally and they're like, hey, we really like what you're doing and uh, we want to get in on this trend and, and whatnot. So that was great. The studio started um, in their apartment. They had like a two bedroom apartment in uh, Cobble Hill and essentially like all the furniture in the living room got sold so yeah. that we could create a studio space and then eventually it was like okay this is too small and so uh the two of them moved to Manhattan and they found this like giant uh apartment that was 2,500 square feet and it was like a live and work thing for them Wait, so 2,500 square feet <laughs> I'm like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was big. I mean, like we were growing really, really well. Um, yeah. the, one of the bedrooms was like our equipment room and then they had like their actual bedroom and then the rest was like basically designated to the studio. Hmm. And another bedroom was like uh, the office where we would do all of the editing and stuff like that. Um, and then we were there for like a couple years and we were just still growing and then we actually moved to the Lower East Side and we had a 5,000 square foot studio and it was huge and it was great and I loved it. Um, and we were there until October 2020 when the lease was up and we're like, maybe we don't need this studio that's sitting here and no one can use and there's a pandemic. And so, uh, you know, gears shifted as everyone's kind of did yeah. in 2020. So looking back, how does it feel now? Like, like, are you 100% a brand stop motion animator? Like, what is what is the mix of your career now? Like, it sounds yes like and a no. little bit of a mix. It's a mix. So uh, there was always that. I guess an, a side note is that, like, with the dance stuff, I never stopped doing dance things. So I shifted from being on stage and a performer to being a dance photographer and mm. like a dance filmmaker. Oh. And so I was working with a lot of dance companies and stuff like that, um, shooting their shows or making films with them and stuff, uh, which was really cool, which I haven't kind of really been able to continue since moving back to Toronto, but um, definitely something I'd love to do. But yeah, uh, it's, I don't even know what you asked me. What was the question? <laughs> What is, what, what is your career now, like, these days? Like oh, yes, where am I doing? Yeah, so uh, right now I'm mainly focusing uh, with Visual Country, but then uh, I did UCS with you. Um, yeah, which Visual so Country awesome. is the production studio that Megan started. And UCS yes. is Ultra City Smiths. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so, which, like, honestly, I love working with puppets so much. And then... Was that your cool first thing. time or like it was because you yeah, like I've, your portfolio is super like brand like um, super brands. Yeah. Commercial stuff. Yeah. Um, it was my first time working with real puppets. Um, the cool thing, though, is that so Visual Country is right now working on a puppet uh, thing. So essentially, my sister, who's the CEO of the company. Yeah. Um, she has not a jealous that you were working on Ultra City Smiths and was like, yeah. we're going to do puppet stuff too. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> well, actually, the puppet stuff came. So Benny is called Benny's Mini World, and Benny is her son. He is now oh. three and a half, and the puppet is like modeled after him. And so this is so cute. <laughs> it's actually adorable. It's like the best content for little kids. My uh, soon to be three year old daughter watches it all the time and she's just like again 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 but they're like short form videos right now but the goal is to like kind of get it going into uh something of a series that could be sold so this is something that is self-produced um yes. with the intention of selling it yes exactly cool. right now it's like a passion project that we kind of work on collectively as a studio um is it online can we, can we go and watch <laughs> benny's mini world to, to, you totally can. You can. Uh, the Instagram handle is Benny's Mini World, okay. uh, and there's there's a few videos up there right now. It just launched. Um, oh, wow. They did a partnership with Adobe, um, so that was like the launch of it. Um, and so I actually do Ben's. I do. Oh my like, gosh, this looks so cute! What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> so I do all of Ben's voices and stuff. I should you do his that. voices. <laughs> I can't yeah. even wait to hear. How did you get a partnership with Adobe? That sounds big. 
Uh, you know what? I don't know because I was on maternity leave when it all happened. I came in right at the end and I did um, the audio for the stop motion aspect of it. Yeah. And then that's kind of it. Okay, Benny, from what I see, is very stylish. Like the outfits he's so he's wearing stylish. are oh like, God. can I have some of them? Like, what the heck? How Are these handmade? Please tell me they're... Some of them are handmade. Some of them are purchased. Um, he has the best sneaker collection. Oh, my goodness. And- yeah. <laughs> the sneakers well are so cute. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just, like, drooling over, like, how... Like, he's got a little hoodie on with, like, a, a bomber jacket on top. Like... Yeah, he's very, very well dressed. Well, my so Ben in real life is very much like him. He looks he's just very like stylish him. in real life as well. He's oh very stylish. Yes, he's uh he's a very, very sweet kid, both uh the puppet and the real person. Oh my gosh. And this one he's got like a little t-shirt with a cardigan over top. What the hell? Okay, I need to stop. All right, I'll look at this later. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can look at it later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that is like something that we're working on that I think is going to be really fun. So I'm actually just waiting for um, some client stuff to die down a little bit so that they mm. can send me some puppets so that I can um, be animating Benny here as well, which I'm very, very excited to get my hands on. So you set up here. a little studio like in your basement or like your bedroom or something? Uh, in my garage. So, in your garage. Oh, perfect. Um, no yeah, lights. so we well actually no, it's a it's like a mini house. Um one of the owners of this house was an architect and he designed and built the garage. And so it has like full electricity, there's a little like attic and stuff. That's um yeah, so when like my husband is a composer, so when we found this house, we were like, okay, who gets the garage as their studio and who gets the basement of their studio? But I needed the taller ceiling, so I took the garage. <laughs> uh, do you rent it out? Can I come use it? <laughs> Instead of yeah, using I my mean... bedroom as a studio. <laughs> <laughs> right now, it's it's mostly a garage at this point because yeah. I haven't been shooting anything. <clears throat> but uh, like all last year and stuff, when I was working um, in the dead of February, I had like a few. It's not heated. That's the only thing. Yeah. So I just have space heaters. But it is air conditioned. So that's pretty cool. Wow. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. You mentioned you're, we're working on a lot of client stuff right now. Are you, is it through visual country or are you finding your own clients? Yes. And, and like, I'm just wondering, you know, how does a small studio, um, it sounds like there's just demand for you guys. Like people are reaching out to you through connections and whatnot, but are, do you actively, like, do you work with agencies or studios yes. to get work as 100%. well? percent. We work a lot with agencies. I mean, it's, it's in the beginning, it was very much like a lot of people came to us. And then, you know, like anything, there's a natural like slowdown with things and you have to kind of start um, doing a little bit more self-promotion. I'm not really on the sales end of things, but I know that um, there's definitely platforms that they work with to help um, get work. And, you know, we're pitching for things all the time. We're not necessarily like just getting awarded jobs left right and center but um but no it's been good I mean like you know through the pandemic it's been a little bit of an adjustment as every company I'm sure has had but um yeah they're working with HGTV right now in New York they're um shooting on Tuesday so they're all like not answering my calls they're like leave (laughs) us alone sorry so let me ask you this you know uh, um how many years have you been doing the stop motion route now stop motion um, I started in 2013, so, so, um, so nine, eight, nine-ish years eight, nine now. Years. Yeah. And is this, is this your thing? Like, is this what you're, who you, what you're going to do with your career? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Okay, cool. And like, <laughs> w- like what has enabled you to really thrive and be successful and be the person that like, you know, clients like to work with and, and your coworkers are like, we love working with Chelsea and she's great when it comes to anime. Cause you're, cause you're a hundred percent on the animation side. Like you're, you said, you're not in sales. Yes. So you're just, the, yeah. you're just animator. So like, yeah, so what I'm is like it a that... director, animator, and an editor. So like all the creative stuff, which is great. Yeah, so, what, you know, creative. like what is, what have you developed that has made you uh, a successful person? And obviously if you're directing and animating and editing, like you're the delivery to the client to make them satisfied. So like, totally what is, what are the skills or like the things that you've developed that have enabled you to thrive in this? That is a good question. Um, I mean, like there's the technical skills, obviously that you have to, uh, figure out, you know, how to shoot, how to light, how to build a set, how to literally 
do a storyboard and all of that yeah. all the way through to final deliverables and taking feedback um, well <laughs> and not being like, what do you mean? Um, and then there's, you know, like the client side of it where you're actually dealing with clients on set and it's just being a people person, I think. And um, I would say my Canadianisms have definitely come in handy there. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think it's, you know, it's listening to the client and not always, you know, there's always going to be some sort of compromise and being confident in having a decision that you feel needs to happen but yeah. also like letting them pave the path as well. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Like client relationship is huge, but I'm wondering like when you're animating on something, are you thinking about like, you know, how can I impress the client with this animation? Or like, also there's this thing where like a lot of people don't even know what stop motion is. And if you give them anything, they're like, this is amazing. You know what I mean? So like, <laughs> what? Yes, totally. Um, well, I mean, like a lot of it is already thought out by the time you've hit this hmm. the stage so um there's definitely like little nuances that you can add during the shooting process but um but most of it is kind of like in the writing stage um which i also do so it's like figuring out how to wow them then and then bringing that to life with the animation and going above and beyond with that and i think you know sometimes some things really allow for that and some things don't and it's like this is it, you have 15 seconds to get all of this information into this video and there's not a whole lot of room for like, oh, that was so cool, or that yeah. was so cute. But I think uh, clients really appreciate those things when you do put them in and can deliver them. Totally, so, you, so you've been doing this for like nine years and your <laughs> amount of work is just crazy. Is there something that you've learned that you're like, this will impress, like this is like, uh, every single time it's tried and true, like this is gonna deliver. No, no. Oh no! I was hoping you'd be like, yes. If you like, if you like, showcase their, I don't know. But no, it's I, different every time. I guess that keeps things interesting. I'm just time. wondering because, like, I'm interested to do some brand stuff too. Like, I'm thinking because it's like the start of the year, and I'm like forecasting what I want to do with my art, and I'm so I'm right. I'm like, what can I do to impress? You know, me? it's so it's really great, like to have like a template of. It, how to impress your client I think that is a great idea in theory but um <laughs> it just doesn't always work because you know like some people are impressed really easily and some people are not impressed at all um yeah. so it's really just like reading your client reading your room like what so how do, do they how want do, how do you do that when it's like over email <laughs> or like a phone call like how do you read that's a good question a client when um, it's just like here's some lines of text through an email <laughs> I guess it's like um trying to when you get on like that initial creative call and trying to find out what we also do a lot is like t give us like some videos that you've seen either of ours or of other people's that yeah. you are really inspired by that you would want and like show us what kind of like quality you're kind of looking for you know so make them do um, a little bit of work so you have a better idea of yeah. So, I mean, you also have to do your research too. Like what, what is the brand's standard? What do they, is this a massive brand you're working with where like all their brand guidelines are like given to you in a 50 page PDF or is it like, <laughs> you don't know what your font is. Okay. Like oh, let's no. discover that, you know? Um, I think it's, it's all about just doing a little research into your client, finding out who they are, what they want and, going from there and then you know asking questions on those creative calls and I don't know it's I think it definitely comes with a little more experience too like in the beginning yeah. it's kind of like a test test out some things see what it's a little bit of spaghetti thrown at the wall you know cool see yeah I, like so say I'm listening or like me myself even I'm like you know there's so much branded stuff on Instagram like why am I not animating stuff like this for clients too are there any like unforeseen things that I should look out for like experience you had with clients where like things didn't go right and you had to like I don't know just like good tips to know when dealing with new clients or this type of work you're yeah, like I mean, every single time <laughs> <laughs> no not every single time I mean so honestly sometimes it's the brands that you think are going to give you the hardest time that are so laid back 
Mm. And you're like, wow, you guys are so easy to work with. And like these like nothing brands that, not nothing, but like smaller brands yeah. that um, are newer and um, they they can be harder. And that's not always the case. It's, it's always different. But, um, you know, I think there's been times, you know, one time we had a model, the wrong model show up on set and that was fun. Um, and How does that happen? Con- it was, it was a case of like, the model's name was Natalia and we hired a Natalie or something like Natalia. It was like something so, so close. close. And like, they looked kind of similar. Um, and it was just a minor oversight that ended up being, you know, somewhat large of an oversight. Um, so they show up the and end- you're like, oh, oh, wait a, <laughs> wait a minute. No, no, We're no, like, no, no. That's not the girl we hired. Um, so yeah, we ended up, uh paying the girl for the day um okay. and and then we ended up <laughs> calling the right model and thank god uh she was available so, she so what do you mean the wrong model like the later. client shows the model they wanted and you accidentally <laughs> reached out to the wrong one yes okay exactly okay. exactly because like it was you said they look similar similar <laughs> name I'm like what's the problem <laughs> yeah it was it was it was really just a name thing I think that um the wrong name was chosen and emailed and contacted and um, you know like that's disappointing for that so disappointing for that person I know I don't even remember if that was really her name um but you know she was really good about it and um thankfully we got the right model in there and it actually didn't really uh hold us back at all it was for Burt's Bees so it was like all of these lips um you got the wrong lips for the shoot (laughs) it was just like it's not like a hand model where you can like okay like your hand's a little different but it's like you know full face and everything so that was fun um so I guess it's just like it's really learning how to think on your feet really quickly in a crisis um like high high anxiety stress handling Some, somewhere yes. out there, there's another podcast on modeling where somebody's being interviewed and they're like, I showed up and, then, <laughs> and they were like, not and you. These assholes didn't even want me. Yeah, I felt so bad, but um, Megan stepped in and she was a pro and she went and talked to her because we're all like, I don't want to tell her, you know, <laughs> like no one wants to be the person to be like, sorry, you're the wrong model. But um, yeah, it all worked out in the end and it was fine. And I don't even honestly think that the client knew I think it was like we dealt with it so discreetly that we kept the because we had such a big studio we could kind of keep like the clients over here and everything. So how often are the clients coming on shoot to watch stuff and approve stuff? They they were coming on like quite frequently. Um, You know, sometimes we'd have clients like we had Pinterest in um, that would like fly from California uh, over, and they were great. I love them. Uh, and then we ended up working with them again during the pandemic and they, we did everything virtually. So it's like, that's where you really have to adapt to remote shooting. So using like, um, what is it? The Google Hangouts where they can, uh, you can share your screen or, you know, zoom type thing where you can share your screen and they can literally just see your dragon frame uh project and they can see you animating you can play wow. back to them and all that kind of stuff and oh they can give goodness. you i'd be like don't look back. please i can't animate <laughs> while you're watching <laughs> well so that's a thing like it's really funny when clients are there and we'd always be like listen this is a full day shoot we're starting to animate at 9 a.m and we may not be done till 10 p.m so I apologize if this is like watching paint dry because it's not that fun. And so, you know, sometimes you'll have clients that um, totally tune out and especially with the ones that are coming from out of town, they're like, yeah, I'm in New York. Like one time a client went and got a massage in the middle of the day. That sounds amazing. But like, honestly, it's like, what are they going to be doing while they're sitting here? There's nothing to really watch. Like, do you want to watch me toggle for an hour? Like, that's not fun. Oh my goodness. So they learn how uh, to, they like learn how to animate just from watching you. You're like also teaching a class at the same time. Yes. Oh my gosh. Actually, that was really funny. We had um, a client once, like some clients really want to be involved. We had oh, no. um, <laughs> one of our, one of our favorite clients was um, Bellagio and the, um, the client that we had, Jonathan, he would always come and he loved 
being a part of it. And like, I think there was one time we actually had him animating with us because there was like- <laughs> like, who's uh, playing who here? <laughs> <laughs> no, he like loved it. He was just like, he's like, this is so much fun. I don't remember if he actually animated or he was just like hanging out with us, but I think it was like this tile animation. So it was all these like broken pieces of tile that made up like the giant Bellagio B on like, you know, an eight by eight um, overhead set and he was great. He was really fun. And then there was another client that like was so wanted to be so involved, but then he ended up kicking our camera and we were just like, Oh no. Oh. It's <laughs> like, you're here for another day now. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah that's the, like, yeah. I, like, I don't even let my dog in the room when I'm animating. I'm like, you're not allowed in. Cause he's kicked the camera before. <laughs> like, Yeah. Yeah. We definitely have like come to the realization that you kind of have to rope off sets uh, a lot of the time also we had wood floors so sometimes oh, just no. like people walking by would like move the floorboards and then as you know you could have that tripod cemented down and yeah. it like, doesn't even matter it's just oh my something's goodness. gonna happen so well it's part of the experience I guess um let me ask you a random I, I love all these stories but let me ask you a random <laughs> other question that's like off topic you were very pregnant when we were animating on Ultra City Smiths how yeah. was that? Because like, I don't know, reachability on a set, standing on your feet all day. I'm just curious, like, how did that go? <laughs> it was actually fine. Like, it was really funny. I remember your, your um, baby kicks and you like hits the hits the set. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that legitimately could have happened. I was 38 weeks when uh, when I finished my last day, like 38 weeks to the day. And my due date was the same due date as the due date for the show like it was supposed to be done July 2nd and like I remember the director being like is your due date July 2nd and I was like yes yes it is <laughs> I was like so we'll do a race to the finish line see who finishes first yeah right <laughs> um it was it was really fun uh you know what honestly being on my feet all day was like not really that bad I thought it was gonna be a lot worse than it was um it was my second time animating pregnant so uh, I'd been down that road before, um, but I'm yeah. My last, very last shot I did was um, Street Hustler Boy on the subway, and they brought me down in the like, and it was so cool. The set was so. Do you? I don't know if you remember They're this one. Huge. That big, yeah, yeah, amazing. that big long subway, and it the subway was. was like, oh, it was like a like. I remember the first time I saw it. I was like, this is this is real. This is a whole freaking subway. We got all the cars. The set is gigantic. Like it was. Which yeah. is amazing. The details were so great. Yeah. Um, and they were like, so we want to put you on this, but we just want to make sure like your belly is not going to be a problem. Can you reach the puppet? <laughs> and I was like, guys, come on. Like, this is fine. <laughs> it was fine. Um, but I was very appreciative that they like took that in consideration. Um, there were some other sets where, you know, it wasn't the belly that was the problem. It was the two pillars that yeah. my head had to go through to oh like goodness. animate. There were some very around. interesting yoga techniques going on in some of my sets. <laughs> yeah, I definitely took my shoes off a couple of times because that actually helped my feet. Um, oh no, you're just... getting splinters from the apple boxes or whatever. <laughs> apple box. Yeah, it was just up and down apple boxes all day. Um, no, it was just, I think like the dancer in me just loves being in bare feet. So they, yeah. I don't think I showed anyone that because I'm pretty sure that is a huge no-no on, on set. They're like hard toe shoes all the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it was good. It was like, uh, I, I could have gone a little longer, honestly. Um, but I was due to work on a project for visual country in my last week. So I ended up leaving at 38 wow. weeks. Just but. work until the end. <laughs> yeah. You know, I worked till the end on my first, it was like uh, seven o'clock and I left the studio and by like nine o'clock I was in labor. I have nothing to say to that, but that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, Wow. I feel like I've, I've heard so much of your journey. What, you know, like you've touched on what's next for you a little bit. sounds like, you know, you got a little bit of puppet animation and that's where you're heading, I guess, maybe like what, what is, yeah. what is, I guess if you're thinking about like your career and where you've come from, like, what is the thing that you would like to work towards, towards? if you yeah. had whatever you wanted to do in life? Um, I, I love animating puppets. Like I, that's, that show definitely I just fell in love with it. I was like, this is so cool. I love emoting and just the little nuances that you can get from these tiny little puppets. But um, I think 
the Benny stuff would be really cool if we could kind of um, get that up and running. And also he's my nephew. So like, how cool would that be? Um, so I think, yeah, if he, if that could become a bigger scale show, that would be really awesome animating that and working on that. I, I think TV would be definitely where I'd love to kind of land a little yeah. harder. Not that I don't like brand stuff. It's just uh, shows are so much cooler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, I'm wondering, you know, if somebody's listening and they, they've like, they want to follow something similar to you, you know, you had the whole branding background and you kind of organically fell into this and like, you know, it, even though it was organic, you were actively deciding to make decisions, deciding to make decisions to end up in a place like this. Like what is something somebody can do that they're listening right now to, you know, actively pursue kind of the career that you've had where you've gotten to work on super cool stuff, lots of brands like puppet animation and like, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. Um, I think it's really like opening yourself up to uh, whatever opportunity you can kind of get your hands on. So like, for instance, um, I never really, I didn't seek out UCS. That was a completely random happen. I was Googling stop motion jobs in Toronto to see like what was going on here yeah and I saw this post on stopmotionanimation.com and it was like a guy a random guy in his 50s and he was like hey I'm looking for uh someone to teach me dragon frame four because I'm an amateur and I really love this stuff but I just don't know how to use the program and I wrote him back being like I just left a comment being like hey uh I just moved back to Toronto I'm an animator I use dragon frame all the time I can teach you here's my email. And I ended up going and teaching him. He lived in like Aurelia. It was like two hour drive for me. He was great. Yeah. But um, anyway, the reason I'm telling you this is because it was like a few months later that Phil Edels emailed me like completely out of blue. I didn't know Phil. I didn't know anyone from uh, stop motion department. And he was like, Hey, I saw your post on stopmotionanimation.com. What? Oh my goodness. Yeah. And he was like, uh, you know, Anthony Scott, is, who like runs stop motion animation.com, is going to be so happy when he hears this. Yeah. <laughs> it was so great. And he's like, I wrote down your email just in case like I needed animators or something like that. And he's like, there's this TV show that's happening. Are you interested? Can you send me a reel? And I was like, yes. 100%. This is the most random thing. So a comment that all you said was like, I'm going to be in Toronto and I know Dragon Frame. That's it. Yeah. And then you got to work for like six months on like the biggest stop motion production in Canada since like the little prince. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It was, (laughs) uh, so I think it's just like, you know, no, no thing is too small to really like find out if it's worth doing, um, put yourself out there. And also just like, you know, if you're young and you're starting out and you can afford to kind of do things for free or, um low paying jobs obviously it's not the goal like yeah, you want yeah. to progress but well you need to you have to start somewhere work. yeah like volunteer like um a friend of mine that i work with a lot uh he is always like i just find a photographer that i want to work with and i'm like hey do you need an assistant i will come work for you for the day for free i just want to be around you and like learn from you who's going to say no Who's going to say no? I mean, like some people might, they might be yeah, like, get away like, from no, me. No, but like, it's okay. yeah, um, I was listening to Bill's podcast that you did the other yeah. day. Um, and he was saying how like he emailed like 60 people or something and like two yeah, responded yeah, to them. Yeah. I think it's, it's stuff like that, you know, where you're just like taking a chance. What's the worst that happens? Like someone doesn't respond to you and they, you never think about it again. Like in 10 years, you're not going to think, oh, I wish I hadn't emailed all those people. Right. And it takes like 30 (laughs) seconds to like, even just like, maybe not do this. Cause I've done this and then like messed up the name, like copy paste it. And you send it to like, just an example, like you send a copy paste to Coca-Cola that you accidentally sent to Pepsi and you're like, hi, Pepsi. It took Coca-Cola. Like, don't do that. But also (laughs) like, yeah. (laughs) Also like, I love that you were just generous with your time and this guy in Aurelia. Like you were just like, you know what? Why not? Like I'm gonna be in Toronto. Like this guy's looking for yeah. like whatever. That's so generous and totally. like a perfect example of creating and looking for and following up on an opportunity that just 
randomly yeah. led to something else. And it might not have led to anything, but like, who exactly. knows? Maybe a year down the and road, I, this guy is like, oh, he hears about an opportunity and thinks of you. Like, totally. Yeah. And that was the thing is like, I didn't even realize it, but the original post of this guy who was looking for someone to teach him was from January. And I wrote this comment on like in the summer sometime. And then it was another few months before Phil emailed me. So yeah, you just like, you never know what's going to happen. I think there's, um, I don't know. People don't really use Craigslist anywhere here, do they? I, I mean, people tell me they do, but I'm like, I I, I think it's too sketchy. I'm like, Kijiji or nothing. <laughs> or Kijiji, I don't know. Like, um, wherever you're getting your gigs from, yeah. Facebook Marketplace, wherever it is, like, you can create alerts and stuff for things. So just always keeping um, your eye on what's happening and yeah. just create. The more you create, the more you put yourself out there, uh, you'll, it might be slow in the beginning and then it eventually evolves. Just keep going. Yeah. Well, that's really good advice. And I love that cute little story you had that ended up being super impactful to your career. Like what the heck? Hey, totally. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm wondering if there, is there anything else you wanted to share as we're kind of wrapping up here? Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think we kind of talked about like a lot of cool yeah. stuff. I just think, yeah, I would, I'm really excited to be in Toronto and Yay. <laughs> I'm really excited to go back to New York as well. Once we down. Yeah, I know. Well, I would just be like, that was the original. Bring me with you like, to New York. Next time you're working on a shoot, be like, Terry, I'll be like, you need an assistant <laughs> for the day. I'm there. I'm there. Yeah, totally. No, I'd love Let to. me know. Um, yeah, I think uh, I'm just excited for what the future holds and what uh, happens in Toronto. I'm, Anxious to see uh, what new productions come to the city, yeah. especially since Stupid has this giant new studio. So totally, yeah, see. yeah. Well, I love that yeah. attitude. And Chelsea, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been an absolute well, pleasure. Loved me. hearing, picking your brain, and getting to know you a little bit better. It's been awesome, and I loved working with you too. So yes, well, yes. hopefully we get to do it again soon. I think we will. All right. So if you're listening and you want to uh, reach out to or follow Chelsea, you can do so by checking out her Instagram, which is Chelsea Robin Lee. And I'm also going to include a link to Ben's Benny's mini world in this too. So please check them out there in the description of this podcast. And thank you so much for listening. That's all for now. Okay. Bye. Thank you.